This episode is brought to you by the content creators at Live City Media. They've been filming and editing since 2013 and know exactly what it takes to make your brand's online presence pop. Head over to livecity.media to connect with the team today. And welcome back, Film and Spirits. I'm Sean. And I'm Fred. And we're going to be talking about war movies today. We're going to be looking back on the various films that talk about various conflicts throughout the year. Uh, Throughout the years, throughout history, are they for war, against war, somewhere in the middle what do they make us feel? Um, we just went through Remembrance Day, Armistice Day, yes. uh, Veterans Day, depending on where you are in the world. And we thought this would be a good opportunity to look back on this particular and controversial genre. It's a good topic, um, which we covered maybe briefly, depending on the movies we're discussing. But yeah, November 11th was uh, Remembrance or Armistice Day uh, for us in Canada. Yeah, Veterans and Day over Veterans in the States. Veterans Day over in the States. And um, it, is a, it is a controversial top, not, not topic, but genre for sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, but apart from a, a few occasions, it's not, a, it's not a popular genre anymore. There's not, not a bunch of war movies coming out. There's definitely a lot less, I think, than there used to be, whether that is by design or by a lack of inspiration. It's hard to say. But the, I feel like there was a time where it seemed like that the genre was, was pumping out movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And now they're few and far between. Maybe we're just a little fatigued after so much worth there there was a decent amount of war related movies during the 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 bush era bush era for sure yeah. 90s 80s uh more on the vietnam, vietnam war focused yeah. um 90s yeah we have uh, with saving private ryan there was an interest in uh world war ii movies um, and they're expensive. I think that's maybe one yeah. of the reasons because it's, you it's need a, a risky gamble. Cast. Yes, You need a lot of special effects. Yeah. And you need to do some level of on-location shooting. Yes. Where, oh, wherever that is. Some like, level, like, yeah. Yeah, like you can't film most of it in the studio, mm-hmm. which lends itself to like outdoors. You're at the mercy of the elements a lot of the time. You're also at the mercy of doing your homework. You have to do the, the history. Then you have to present it to the public, and especially today, is the public going to look at your movie as being pro-war, anti-war, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle, and that usually skewers to political opinions as well. Yeah. There's divides. It's a little bit of a touchy subject. It is, but uh, it's okay. I think we have the same opinion on this, you and I, so it's going to be like a pretty smooth conversation. But before we jump in, uh, drink check. Uh, We change uh, bourbon this time. Yeah. Um, This one is a more affordable option and wildly known. Um, Knob Creek, which is from the Jim Beam Distillery, so it's one of their other products. this was in a, is a harsher one. It's fifty percent, fifty percent ABV, which is a lot for for whiskey, and is hundred proof. So yeah. this is packs a, much. Yeah, it packs much, but it's um, I like it. I think it's a nice gateway to more complex bourbons for like I don't know, like more beginners. I, I would say uh, because it's wildly affordable. I think it's thirty five bucks, give or take. Um, and I think even bourbon's connoisseur actually enjoyed this one as an entry level complex bourbon. Interesting. So this is going to be my second bourbon and my second in a row. We're (laughs) recording this on the same time as the the previous episode. 
So I'm going straight from the long branch over to the knob. And you prefer the long branch because it's smoother, right? I've only had one sip. I'm going to have another sip just to double check that. But I did prefer, that was my gut reaction. I did prefer the long branch. Branch. It's yeah. It's not. It's not as smooth for sure. It's it's a more. It burns more in your throat when you're drinking it. Yeah. That I don't know if you have this taste, but that grill nut kind of feeling, almost peanut peanut butterish. Um, but you know, like hot peanut butter, did you put on like on warm yeah. toast? You, you definitely don't get the fruitier vibes that you got with the last. Note. No, it's more. It's a harsher, like I don't know, more not. I would say maybe maybe grainy tone to it, but it's yeah. it's bitter. It's it's, it's a, a little, little bit of bitterness, especially yeah. aftertaste when it goes down. There's there's a lingering on the tongue. <laughs> there's a linger on the tongue. To, uh, to quote the world's end, <laughs> which was, I think it's one of our most our favorite movie, our favorite movie maybe it's, of, it's during there. the university. Oh, or, in university, well, we we organized pub crawls that were inspired, which we failed movie. both times. Yes, and we didn't try to do twelve. I think like we were like, let's do six. We were looking for six, and I think we did six the first time, but our state at the sixth one was not great. Was that not I, great. No, it was not great. Which uh, lends itself to doing twelve in the world's end. <laughs> Which in, is in your human, yeah, in your forties. At first, when you watch this, when you're I don't know, like a kid out in university in college, you think, oh, it's doable, twelve pints. Mm -mm. But more and more, you just like, no, twelve pints is insane. Yeah. You can't do it. Also, like, the financial obligation. <laughs> yeah, and again, yeah, it's for sure. Right now, it must be like a pint is how much is a pint right now? If you're ten bucks, ten bucks, and it depends which beer you're having. But yeah. it's if you're looking for an everyday kind of pilsner or. An amber beer, I don't know. It's and they didn't drink pilsner there. They drink more like, like uh, lagers. Yeah, lagers. So uh, yeah, for sure. Crown we did six. Sed, second time we did four, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Except we're we're going off course though. We can yes, talk about the Cornetto trilogy <laughs> a different time. For, but it's a good topic. But yes, all right, war movies. Um, I guess the first question we can ask ourselves: What was your first experience that you recall watching war movies, and maybe? like learning of the genre itself I, I won't be able to pinpoint an exact start but the the time where it made the most impact i think for me was remembrance day um 2005 2005 so i okay. was in grade eight i was 14 hmm. and we all the whole the whole grade, a couple of grades, we went down to the auditorium in high school and we, we thought we were just going to do like a, a service, get a little speech or something like that. Mm -hmm. And bear in mind, this is Canada. We're, we're not American. No, it's an important, uh, important notion. Yes. The, the principal was like, okay, we're going to watch the first half hour as a group of Saving Private Ryan. And Whoa. in the school, we were 14, and the principal was like, I don't want to hear any sass. If you, this movie is like super gory. If you are not comfortable with that, you can leave. But it's super important that you watch this, essentially. So they dimmed the lights, they put the projector on, and they popped in Saving Private Ryan. And they just basically pressed play up until the moment where they took the beach. Wow. That's so, that's wild, man. Yeah. That's a wild choice. But I can understand his his reasons as to why we need to show this film. It's just why two thousand five. Why now? Basically, why why at that time? I don't and know specifically this movie. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, and they didn't do it again, as far as I know. They didn't do it before because I didn't hear anything about it when I was in grade seven. So grade eight, they just brought us in and they did it. I don't know if there were complaints afterwards. I have no idea. But we sat down together and we watched it. I think one of the things that annoyed me the most is that some people saw it as cool. Like you're watching it as a group and with a bunch of teenagers. And some people were going like, oh, cool. Like when all the explosions yeah. are going off. And and it's not going that, that way. But we can come, beginning with Saving Private Ryan, I think, is the right course of action. Because I think that this film is maybe the first one... I'd say first one because there were some good movies in the eighties and late seventies, but I think that it's the first one that was a massive box office success and really I think explored 
the horror. Is it? Well, I have another example that went that came before, but it wasn't as much as appreciated as Saving Pride Ryan was. But I think that um, Steven Spielberg used the right amount of realism to showcase that although you have a nice brotherly vibe to war, it's still you don't want to be in this guy in these guys' yeah. shoes. So, and the, the action per se and the pure butchering i think of like human bodies was well explored in that film yeah i remember reading stories about and how much the, worth is one man's life basically yeah. that's that's the main i remember of... reading uh, stories about vets who had seen saving private ryan and it brought them back because it was such an accurate portrayal of what the d-day landings were like um like people dying with their Guts spilling out like oh, screaming lot, yeah. mama a guy a guy looking for his arm like he lost his yeah arm. He's, looking for he's his literally face. just yeah. looking and it grabs it i actually rewatched watched private ryan uh, last week it's, so. it's 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 so good though it's yeah. such a good film but it's yeah the first 20 minutes are no no 12 maybe but it's, it's around 25 actually. It's 20, the first the first it, the from Omaha the beach is, from the moment you press play essentially and um ryan is walking through uh through the fields and looking at all the crosses and then it does that transition for, with his eyes and then you're in the the landing boats like from the moment the movie basically presses play it's roughly 25 minutes because i i did check the time once they claim the beach there's a big problem with that scene though do you know which one it is it it is tell me <laughs> Okay, you're starting with Matt Damon's old version character, so yeah. the senior Matt Damon, like kneeling um, in in the cemetery in in France in Normandy, um, and you have a zoom in his eyes, and then you jump to 1944 on the day of Maha Beach. Yeah. What's the problem there, though? He's not there. That's oh, true. Yeah, Matt Damon's character is not no, on Omaha Beach. Yeah, he was he's airborne, so yeah. he was dropped a day before, I think, or something like that, or the same day. Yeah. So um, it's hard for him to remember the D-Day landing. Yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was one of the main things I discovered last time I saw. Is it. like, well, that doesn't work. He's not there. So I think the movie's more trying to like frame it that the old guy at the front is tom hanks's character yeah and they're doing like the bait and switch oh yeah it's true so and you thought you thought that it was tom hanks yeah, but it's not him. yeah, yeah. so I, I can see the movie trying to frame it a certain way and instead it's more just pr uh, private ryan thinking back on the story he heard about he heard the, about the Omaha beach and, and the, 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 yeah, yeah all exactly. these things that has become history essentially but going back to veterans watching this film and and seeing how realistic it was and i think even historians like like shit on this film because they think that omaha beach was not specifically like that but again i mean who for us normal guys who didn't go to war i mean we, we don't see the difference it's wildly well directed but um, I heard a podcast, I think it was the Rewatchables um, from The Ringer, and one of the guys, his granddad watched Setting Pride Ryan in theaters, and he went to he went to war. He was on the front. He, he, was, he was sent to Europe, and he watched Omaha Beach, and he, he turned to his son, I guess, his dad, and said, I can smell diesel fuel mm. looking at that scene. Like how realistic it was for him to say, this is, I can, I can re brought, remember. It brought, back. it brought back souvenirs and just like senses to him watching the scene. Yeah. So it's, it's still crazy when you think of it. Of it. An interesting uh, creative and narrative choice for the opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan is that you never see any German soldiers while they're taking the beach. You only see them when they're in the process of either surrender or fleeing. It's true. But when they're in the assault, when the, the Germans are in the bunkers and the Americans are coming up on the beach, it, you you might see them like silhouetted, out of focus, maybe like slightly over the shoulder from the back, but you never get a good look at them. And Spielberg wanted to create this distance. Mm. This It's the faceless enemy. The faceless enemy. And yeah. then as the movie progresses, you put the, they put a face on it. But that opening assault was purely meant to create this like us and them point of view mm -hmm. and then by doing that you're like oh you're supposed to be like rooting for like the the heroes essentially the the american saviors and there's this scene as soon as they take the hill and then uh, a couple of soldiers come out and they're they have their hands up in the air and they're saying like 
probably something to the effect of don't shoot like mm-hmm. we surrender and the americans just gunned them down there's one that guns them down yeah do, do you know what the, the thing about that particular moment is no they're not speaking german really speaking dutch if i'm not mistaken they're speaking dutch yeah oh, I didn't they were that. uh conscripted interesting so, so they're not they're, they're not, not even, even german. germans yeah. yeah so there was this like knee jerk that's the bad guy because of uniform and because but he's not he's just captured yeah, captured so, so hands guy, are up in the yeah, air yeah, just like yeah. like i surrender or don't shoot and they get gunned down automatically but they're not even speaking german oh it's crazy when you think of it yeah and that's but, just go spielberg and his team like they didn't put subtitles so your your bias because you see the uniform you're like they're german so unless you know the language and what they're saying you're in the same boat like what are they saying it doesn't matter we're in the wartime like that's the enemy and then when you find out if you ever find out that they weren't even german you're like oh and then you look at the Americans, the way that Tom Hanks's character looks at them with this sense of disgust. Not his character that much, but some of the others definitely. But yeah, yeah. Well, Tom Hanks, there's a shot where he's, he sees this and he's, he has this judging look on his face. Yeah, yeah. I, inter- really, I think underrated performance from him. I think that of all his performances, people recall Forrest Gump or... Woody. Yeah, Woody, but this I think is maybe in my top five yeah. performances. I, I from think him. Spielberg knew exactly what he was doing when he hired Tom Hanks because like, everyone likes Tom Hanks. Like he, He's essentially like America's sweetheart, right? Oh, he's not a sweetheart. Well, in no, this not a sweetheart, but, much, but, but yeah. like as an actor and as a Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's a good, always a good guy. Yeah, so you, you hire him in this World War II movie and it creates this automatic like rapport with the audience where we're supposed to root for tom hanks we're supposed to like tom hanks and tom hanks's character at one point is contemplating executing a surrendered prisoner and he's crying well crying before that the the crying in this film i do recall two correct characters crying and i'm like this is actually a crying i can get behind and i'm trying i'm really getting emotional i see him crying because He's not. He's winning, but even then, like the first one, I think is the the character of Melish, the Jewish the Jewish yeah, guy. Yeah, when he gives him the knife, he's giving him the knife, and they won. They they yeah. have the hill, but he's just he has the knife, and he's just like sitting and, and crying, and you're just like, well, he just killed people. He just he was so scared, like it didn't show it. He tries to remain in control, but at the end of the day, you just he, you need to let it all out. And same thing for for Tom Hanks' character is just like, I know what I need to do, but I'm just I can't. It's yeah. fucking. It's hard. And everyone in that movie is yeah. so like there's so many side characters who just like yeah. pop like Nathan Fillion shows up for a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fake prior. prior He's the other prior Ryan. Ryan. Uh, Ryan Hurst shows up in one scene. Uh, what's his? Uh, uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul He's, Giamatti yeah, shows yeah, up yeah. for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Leg problems. Uh, Becker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, who? Becker from the TV show Becker, um, which was if I'm not mistaken, a spinoff from Cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he shows up at one point as well. Um, there's all these like little the like, characters. Um, cousin Avi from Snatch. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, so there's all these like characters that just pop up here and there. Barry Pap, Barry Pepper is Barry the Pepper. sniper. Yeah, the the best good. characters of all in the squad, yeah. I think, is my favorite. Like. I have a bit of a soft spot for Ed Burns. For, no, he's good. Like, yeah. He has that Ben Affleck vibe to him. He's yeah, really he, like the jackass. Yeah, he's the jackass. Like, yeah. You want to punch him in the face a few times. Uh, Vin Diesel's surprisingly good in the movie. He's only in like two or three scenes. Well, no. He, well, he's the first one to... Well, first one spoiler to, alert. Yeah. He's the first one to get gunned down. But he's, uh, yeah, um, yeah. the Fubar. only decent, <laughs> really good Academy Award movie he's been in. Probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he actually gives like a a pretty solid performance in that movie yeah no ed burns was good but i think it's you know the the, the interesting lesson that is reminiscent of game of thrones is that at the end of the movie the jackasses are the only one yeah. alive the good guys are killed and but um, the translator the translator but, was the coward yeah you have the jackass who's ed burns and you have matt damon the guy who's we we don't know if we should save he's not that bright yeah, he's, he's like a young the... childish kid he's the catalyst he's the catalyst yeah, he's he, the one who's responsible um yeah sarge dies cap dies. everybody else dies yeah um yeah. the character dies giovanni Rizibi, who's who he might be my favorite actually the medic the medic yeah yeah, yeah. um oh his death scene is brutal it's brutal yeah um 
all of them get it and ed burns's character like, like comes out on top and you're like huh what what does that say and then at the end like if that's the movie questions is the... it's earned this what that's what the last line that yeah. tom hanks character says to pride ryan is earned this earned and i think yes. that it's the same for the other ones it's just like you made it but your jerks like make this matter yeah like become and that's the question persons. the movie yeah. asks but is the lives of those eight worth the one and then you, when you look at it in the scope of like war as a whole and it becomes a bit more philosophical yeah yeah which is it's interesting um there there's a lot to be said about war moves in general and war in general um most of them didn't need to happen and especially the vietnam war that's i think yeah. the big one that was portrayed to screen but i would just want to wrap on civic ryan because i think that this movie people at first saw it as a positive view on war but it's a contrary i think that this one is I think it's it's it brights a, sh a a fine light on the soldiers who fought it, but not the situation. So yeah. I think that it's in the middle, saying that this is a horrible situation, but the guys, the, what they had to sacrifice, what they're doing, this is worth celebrating, but yeah. not the rest. I think that's how. I and see I think this one. Yeah. the the Second World War, looking at it from a historical point of view, cause I'm a bit of a history fanboy. I I like looking up things like that. And World War II is probably one of the very few wars where, regrettably, it had to be done. Yeah. Um, World War One was stupid. Yeah, stupid for it sure. It was one of those things like one Korea, thing. Korea, stupid. Yeah. Vietnam, stupid. Oh, Vietnam, uh, super stupid. But Afghanistan, War, yeah. stupid. Iraq, stupid. Yeah. yeah. World War One is just one of those things where, like, France Ferdinand got assassinated, and then like the whole world imploded because of empirical treaties. But yeah. World War II, they they tried diplomacy with uh, Neville Chamberlain in 38 in Munich. Yes. And tr uh, Hitler was all like, I promise, I'm not going to do anything. And Chamberlain went back and he's like, I have the word from uh, from the Fuhrer. He's not going to invade. And mm. the they didn't put any preparation in because they, they were given the, the good word that no, no nothing was going to happen. And Next thing you know, like tanks are rolling into Paris, Poland's fallen, and the concentration camps are set up. It's true. It's true what you're saying. It's true. And I think that that, that can also be said in other World War II movies when you have... The, I think that the obvious candidate to, um, as a comparison, say, Pride Ryan is Dunkirk. Interesting. And it's not the one I was going to No? Say. Okay. Oh, you, which one we're well, going to talk pick? about Dunkirk and then okay. I'll, I'll go on to... Cause... Dunkirk, uh, came, it's one of the most recent war movies because it came out in 2017, Christopher Nolan. Uh, and I, I heard in podcasts, again, that Saving Pride Ryan was the movie he watched, I think, the most as inspiration. You were talking about the faceless enemy. I think that there's nothing more faceless than yeah. the enemy in Dunkirk. Yeah. You don't. I think you don't even see a German soldier until you the very end. Yeah, when they're silhouetted against Tom Hardy. It wasn't Tom Hardy who's being captured. Yeah. Um, this, I think, is a freaking really great war movie because how, I think Christopher Nolan wanted to. You're. Tr I want to. I want you to try to put yourself in the soldier's shoes. What they're experiencing in terms of weather, sound, sound, yeah. especially sound. Um, There's a shot I was used as the teaser trailer, where they're on the the long stretch of the embankment there. Yeah, and you just hear the, the planes like, dive bombing, and, 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 they and all the sheer just, fear. Yeah, everybody's like, everyone oh, turns Jesus. up yeah. and looks up into the sky, and they're mortified. That, I think, is a surprisingly good 
uh, because it's not that long, not a lot of dialogue, but I think a lot of people see this as one of the maybe most efficient Christopher Nolan movie, maybe one of his best or not if his best. Yeah. It's an interesting use of time um, as well because you have the three timelines, like one's one hour, one's one day, one's one week. Yeah, and the, from three different perspectives and you have the the, um, the army, so I mean you have the people in on the ground, you have the air, so you mm-hmm. have the, the air force and you have the civilians, nav- the, civilians but also yeah. the naval... Um, well, um, Kenneth Branagh's character, so yeah. maybe like the naval officer, the naval commander talking with the other ones and trying to bring everybody back. So yeah, but the civilians as well, who actually drove their boat to come and rescue soldiers yeah. on the, in Dunkirk. But from an ambiance perspective of war, I think this is top-notch. Yeah, it's the, really good. Dunkirk was a great illustration of the fear. The fear, yeah. yeah, yeah. The This like sense of anxiety, like, are we going to make it? Uh, because all they were doing is trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And there was a sense of, like, if we don't leave, then it's doomed. Yeah. And there's that, it creates that sense of urgency. And the sound design is built around the ticking clock. Mm-hmm. And as the movie goes over, the ticking clock goes faster and faster until all the plot lines sort of converge and crash into each other. Yeah. Um, and it's true, like, it was desperate to, to get oh. out. Desperate to get out. Just, I think there's even one shot of um, a soldier committing suicide. I think he's undressing. He goes into the water uh, to swim, yeah. but he can't. He can't he swim can't anywhere. Sw- yeah, yeah. He, can, he can try, but there's no way he's swimming all the way. Yeah, to exactly. England. So that's yeah, because again, they're all stuck. The hundreds of soldiers just oh, stuck waiting I, for their I turn. I think it was around a hundred thousand on yeah, the beach. Okay, hundred. Sorry, a hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of people. Um, and waiting. they came back and they thought they were going to be. Uh, chastised essentially they were mm-hmm. going to be called cowards for for not no, staying it's the whole country when they're coming home which is true i mean they were welcomed back as heroes and they were giving beers and stuff and blankets yeah. and everybody was like welcome home so yeah, and yeah. had a churchill's speech about never surrendering never surrendered on top of that so we're never surrender which was the movie what was the movie you were comparing uh serving pride ryan to so it's not a movie. It's not a movie. Oh, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also for done sure. by yeah, uh, this one. Yeah. yeah. Also done by Spielberg. Produced. Yeah. Produced yeah. Uh, by Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, was done on HBO. It's a ten-part miniseries. Uh, companion piece is The Pacific, mm-hmm. and I heard that Apple's working on a third one called. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, it's about the, it'll be about the, the Japanese. No, it'll be about the, no. the aviation. Okay. Oh, aviation, yeah. Sorry, yeah. because we had the Pacific, we had the Pacific War, we had the European War, and now it's Air Force. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think Banner Brothers is, it's the best. Oh yeah, I uh, mean, as a companion piece to Saving Private Ryan, it's it's great. Superior, I would say. Superior to Saving Private. Yeah, I would Ryan? say so. But it's longer, and you have more episodes. You have more, yeah. but yeah, is it better than Saving Private? I would say Ryan? so. Yeah. I would say it's I'm the conflicted, best. but I would say it's as good. Maybe. I would say Band of Brothers is one of the best things HBO's produced, like hands down. I think because of the extended runtime, uh, we learn to care for the characters, while the show also demonized some of the characters as well. Like mm. Some of the characters were looking for a fight, and some of them were not. And because we we follow them over the course of a year, over ten episodes, by the time we get to like those end episodes, they are weary, and they've seen some things. We've seen some things. I think there's an episode. I think it was either six or seven, and they had just finished taking Bastogne, which yeah. is the snowy part of the the show. Yeah. And they're in this church, and like the candles are on and. You see this like it's the medic point of view of that episode. I do remember yeah, it, right? Is I it? think it was yeah. a medic. I can't remember. I need to rewatch it. But there's um, you see like the, all the pews in the church, mm-hmm. and people just start fading out because they're the people who've died over the course died of the or show, injured, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, they're not in here the show anymore. And you're just like the the sense of loss because when in private, saving private Ryan, like when Vin, Vin Diesel dies, we haven't spent that much time with him. No. And it sucks because you you like his personality, essentially. He's got a, a very outgoing personality. But when you spend six episodes with a character, and all of a sudden, he's lost both his legs. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, you, you end up going on the journey with them. 
and you, you just see all aspects of it. You see the camps, you see the the Germans going hard. You see the Americans going hard. There's heroes and villains on both sides. Like, but you also get the, the quiet as well. Like the opening scene is all the opening episode is all about just the training. Um, there's some episodes that are just more a bit more laid back or smaller scaled. And I think one of the great things that the show did was each episode was framed with interviews from yeah. the real people. And it's the real, the real soldiers. Yeah, but they don't put the names. And at the end, they do. So as you're watching, you're trying to figure out who's that and who's that. And, um, one of the ones that sticked out most distinctly to me, uh, they were talking about the German soldiers. And they're like, most of the German soldiers were just there to do a job. Most of them weren't evil. And they were like, if if they had met under different circumstances, maybe they would have been friends. Maybe they would have course, liked to have yeah. gone fishing. And that realization actually just made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I like that each episode is from the perspective of one character. Yeah. So sometimes it's Damien Lewis who's the commanding, the CEO, yeah. basically. Damien Lewis the is the only one who gets repeats POV shots. Yes. Essentially. So, and sometimes you have the medic, which is a really good episode. The medic the is Bastogne probably video. the best episode. Probably the best episodes because it's low on action, surprisingly, but it's more, okay, like, please go back to, go to the church, get supplies, come back. Yeah. A lot of back and forth, but he's trying to, he's he's friendly with the locals and there's a lot like with the church. Yeah. And the, you have the, that the nurse working at the door. Of... The, 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 yeah, the, the, nurse the nurse working at the church and he's getting friendly and maybe like some close to being romantic with her and then he comes back the church gets blown off and yeah. he's just like Jesus and you have that juxtaposition yeah. of like the quietness of the church beforehand and just the pure anarchy on the field and mm -hmm. he he's a quiet individual by default he's very stoic very, a bit more laid back and he's he's never freaking out no it's true yeah, yeah. But because he knows that from his position, that's what he needs to portray. Yeah, he can't. He's like, he can't. I'm the medic. I'm here to save them. Yeah. Like, they need hope from me. I yeah. Need to so it's interesting yeah. watching it because his job was to save lives while other people were trying to take lives. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, very interesting episode. And overall, just Banner Brothers, it's, it's a very interesting look at the history of the war and the many layers that came with it. Yeah. So other, I'm trying to think of other, well, this, so this is the same vibe I get from this one from Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan is celebrating the guys who've done this in the brotherhood, yeah. not the situation. Um, so I think that both of them presented the situation. And Hacksaw Ridge is in the same kind of yeah, thing. We're talking about the medics medic. with the medic situation yeah. who decided not to kill and not to grab a I would a say a lot of the World War II productions portrayed the war as necessary as justified but also extremely taxing on the individual mm -hmm. and a lot of them came out not the same but at the end of the day they felt like what they did was it needed to be done yeah i think an exception to that is fury the tank the movie. tank movie yes, with, brad with brad pitt and shia labeouf i remember that it's, one it's an interesting movie I think it leans heavier on to the pro-war side. Possibly. Yeah. The other example I had in mind, and we can jump to that thing uh, right away, of like more pro-war movies. Um, <laughs> obviously, Michael Bay comes to mind. So 13 Hours is yeah. maybe one of those films that it's pro-war. Maybe you have other examples in mind, but this one jumped on my face. Um Pro Which is War interesting because... Three I think, Kings, maybe? The David Russell close? I don't, I don't think so, because at the end of Three Kings, they give the gold back mm, yeah. to, the, to the people, and they acknowledge that Saddam was wrong. Well, not just wrong, but that the, um, evil towards the, the common folk are living in the tribes and whatnot. And, uh, but... Three Kings is a great movie. It is, but it, yeah. I, I see it more as a heist movie than a war movie. Yeah, it's true. true. Yeah. Um, but you brought up 13 Hours, which is interesting. Cause I, on one hand, I think it's one of Michael Bay's better movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, on the other hand, and I like this from a point of view of the story, that movie that does not explain anything. No. I had to Google 
what the, the conflict. Really, yeah. But I actually like that because in the moment, the soldiers didn't know what was going on. No. So I'm there like, what's happening? Who are these people? Why are they attacking? On one hand, I'm like, I feel like I should have known it. And the other hand, I'm like, I, I'm there with the soldiers on that one. Mm-hmm. The way the action was filmed, though, felt glorifying. Yes. Yeah. Like most of his movies. But do you have other examples similar to that one where everything they do in war is glorified? I'm, I'm thinking I'm struggling to find... Okay, so it's been a long time since I've seen it, so correct me if I'm wrong, but Full Metal? Full Metal Jacket? No, no, that... Well, it's it's ironic in how they do it, but Stanley, Q- Stanley Kubrick was not pro-war, so... No, I know where you're getting at because, but I think it's it's almost a parody how everything is absurd. Uh-huh. I think that that's what Stanley Kubrick was aiming at in Full Metal Jacket because everybody's treating war like a joke in that film. Everybody's laughing all the time, making jokes and whatnot. But I think that he's it was purposely done to say war is a joke. It doesn't it doesn't deserve to be fought. These guys they don't have. They're not, it's a wasted resources to send them there. They're just going to mess around, do jokes and freaking like, I don't do horrible things, but it's useless. I think that that's what he was trying to portray. I need to rewatch again. It was more just like a stab in the dark. It's been so long since I've seen it. It's a good film. Uh, Not my favorite out of the Vietnam War films, but uh, it's a nice segue. What is your favorite? Apocalypse Now. Interesting. But this is another segue that's not glorifying war uh, and I have two examples to illustrate but what war does to men oh. and I think that Apocalypse Now and Platoon are the two obvious candidates and in the, the I prefer Vietnam. Platoon to Apocalypse Now it's understandable and I really like Platoon as well uh, Apocalypse Now I think is just a better and well made film I will I think that Apocalypse Now is a better made film but I think Platoon is a better written film I understood. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Uh, because again, Apocalypse <laughs> Now, all the disasters possible happen on and that And there's too set. many cuts as well. Yes. Like there's the original the re- Redux. The final cut now. Um, yeah, I've never seen the final cut, but I find Redux can be a chore, especially with the plantation. It's um, it's it's going to be a controversial pick, but you know what? Surprisingly, I think I agree with you. And the theatrical version is the best version okay. of <laughs> Uh, because they, they cut to the essential and I think yeah. that what that that yeah, works with and this Redux film. was just so readily available and I just think it's on Netflix yeah, yeah and yeah. it's it's the version that I find it feels most bogged down mm-hmm. and it gets distracted from what the main movie was trying to yes. talk about and the, the Vietnam War is often associated with insanity insanity yeah, yeah. Uh, horror claustrophobia like they're in the jungle they're not really sure why they're there and I think the start of the movie and the end of the movie really illustrated that but in the middle it, it lost its it, way it, a it lost bit. its way a little bit I find but Apocalypse Now I think would be it's still classified maybe as one of my favorites in the war movies but these two films I think that this is another kind of um, storytelling on war is that even if the war is necessary and it's not well it's not really said in both films if it is or not necessary but they say if you do fight it you're gonna be messed up and um in platoon it's tom Bergen's character i think is the the portrayal of this insanity he's that he's this hardcore surgeon who doesn't go do things according to plan he kills innocence for him to achieve his goals Apocalypse Now, um, Marlon Brando's character is a colonel who's supposed to be this perfect human being at yeah, first. The, like The perfect soldier. The perfect soldier. Perfect guy, hu- a lot of humor, really... Decorated. Decorated. Nice guy, well-educated, smart. Yeah. smart. And he becomes completely insane. And yeah, he just goes from the off equation. Uh, the deep end. And he goes into the jungle and has this almost like cult essentially yeah cult uh, satanic yeah. cult close to it so hard like the the last 30 minutes of this film are, are pretty insane to be yeah. honest but the um, helicopter attack and even what i think robert duvall's character is also another kind of insanity he's like but he's the he's the pro-war figure he's the pro-war figure yeah. so i love the smell of napalm in the morning oh, yeah, yeah it smells like victory yeah <laughs> 
uh, and they're do they're doing like I don't know they're eating ribeye with like cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon yeah. like uh, before they go to attack. And he's th this scene is great though. It's really yeah. it's well it's well filmed. It's entertaining as hell. I, but I find that with Vietnam era films or films that are about Vietnam, the narrative almost seems to be either neutral or anti-war. But there's always that one character, at least one, who likes being there. Yeah, it's true. There was Born on the First of July, which is a Oliver Stone movie that came mm -hmm. after um, Platoon with Tom Cruise. Le less of a good film, but still same kind of effect. It's insanity what it does to to people, and in injuries as well because he's lo he's losing the the use of his legs. Um, so this I think is mostly true with Vietnam War films. Now I had another example in mind. Black Hawk Down, but I'm trying to figure out because you were talking. It, this is an interesting segue to the Bush era um, yeah. time, but this is not. This is the um, this is the Gulf War. If I'm not, is, is it? Um, no, it's Somalia. It's, no, it's Somalia. So that was early late '90s, I think. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it as well, but I think it's around '99. It's '99, uh, so it's a different conflict, but I think it falls in the same kind of. How can I say this? Um, same kind of context as the movies that are taking place in Iraq, in Afghanistan. There's this, um, I guess you can say stigma, where it was Americans against Muslims. It's America against Muslim, but it's, a, it's I think, the uselessness of it, I think, is really depicted yeah. here. Is that the guys, the American army didn't need to be sent there. Like, Which, it's, it's, not, their it's, war. it's not their war. I think yeah. that that's what... And especially it's, it's important in movies like Green Zone, um, Paul Greengrass with Matt Damon, yeah. uh, High Rock War, this one. Other, uh, I'm trying to think of other movies that portraying um, the Iraqi war uh, in the Bush era. Um, I can think of a lot of movies that deal with... Jarhead is the Gulf War for Bush Sr., but it's, yeah. uh, again, similar kind of vibe. Yeah, it's like these guys uh, are wasting their time there. Yeah. What's Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, yeah. Uh, that's another one where the character seems to enjoy the situation that he's put in. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we were talking about for Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. That is a movie a lot of people seem to really like it. I do like it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just okay. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a plot-heavy movie. It's more of a scripted documentary. Yeah, because the narrative segment is it's it's pure war. There's nothing. I mean, it's okay. These guys need to get to this position and fight off the enemy next to go to the next position to yeah. get to the chopper and whatnot. But get to the, the chopper. Get to the chopper. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, but I still the, the the heavy action of it is kind of interesting because again, it's trying to figure out. Okay, you you're these guys in their shoes. They basically only need to stand their ground, trying to tolerate their injuries but still fight off the enemy no matter what i think that's also yeah. a nice um but again at the end they realize is like was this worth it like yeah. all the lives lost was this worth the cost world war ii every time i think that the, the conclusion is yes because the cause they needed to be there but this is totally different it's like it's they're wasting human lives on something that's intangible and not out of the, the control of the u.s they're not supposed to be there yeah so yeah i think that th again another mentality on war i don't know if we missed another like hardcore there's a lot of films. war films that per se don't have to deal with soldiers uh but have to deal with like the consequences of the war mm -hmm. uh off the top of my head like rendition comes to mind yes. um there was that tom cruise movie i think it was tom cruise um of lions and men Lines for Lambs, Lines but for yeah, Lambs. it's uh, yeah, not a good film. Not I do remember film. that one, but yeah, yeah. the yeah, the post-war or a lot of movies. Yeah. I, oh, um, I think one interesting one, um, American Sniper, Clint Eastwood. Pro-war. This is pro-war. Pro-war. Yeah, yeah, I think that this, uh, I think he said no, but I think that there's clearly... I think that movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're looking, we're, we're looking for pro-war example. I think... This one, this yeah. one is. Yeah. I think that's a movie that examines a character who enjoyed the profession, enjoyed the the skills the character was given, the the talent, I guess we can call it, mm -hmm. uh, but almost seemed. Do I want to say addicted to it? 
Is that the vibe you got from him? I don't him? think maybe addicted, addicted but... but I think he he normalizes it. It's just yeah. that he's because again, I think he's getting back home. He's helping veterans cope through PTSD, but he doesn't have it. He's just like I'm fine. Like I'm just I kill people and I'm okay with it. And is that um, denial or is that actually the character? It's hard and to the tell, movie's but, yeah. very vague on it. It's very vague on it, but that I think movie it's a was praised both. when it came out. I saw it in theaters. And I didn't I, like it that much. Yeah, maybe it's because yeah. we're not American. Maybe. And we view things a little differently, but I thought that movie was fine at best. Fine at best, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it did not resonate with me. Um, same era, though, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Ah, I'm I'm really happy we talk about this one because again, this is not per se a war movie, but it's in you're you're not the soldiers on the ground except for the last scene. Yeah, you're actually the the decision makers behind the desk. Yeah, and that um, movie flip flops between opinions as it goes through the eras. I would say mm-hmm. because we start the movie in the Bush era, and the movie and they finish it in the Obama yeah, era. Yeah, the movie. Contrary to what official sources have said, that movie says that the U.S. used torture for information. And they said that it was okay. Yeah, this is border... Yeah, this one is interesting. It's Catherine Bigelow again, but which is a female director. She did The Hurt Locker. Hurt um, Locker. Yeah, this one is tricky huh, to say yeah, if it's, it's pro-war or not. Because they do. They think they do good at first when the torture... And they, they did show it that it allows them to... Is, but is it torture that allows them to move forward or is it another tactic? Because then Obama era comes in and they say, no, you can't, you can't torture, torture anymore. anymore. Yeah. And it kind of hits like a dead end for a little bit. But it takes so much time for them to execute the mission because they're yeah. waiting for an approval for Washington and they don't get it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 a little ambiguous. It's ambiguous. Yeah. But I, I kind of like that it's ambiguous, though, and it presents conflicting opinions on both sides of the narrative it's like a lot got done over here but it's morally bankrupt and Mm -hmm. you see the effects of it and you're like oh my god like i I wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy kind of thing and then you see all the red tape and bureaucracy and you're like pretty sure this road is going to lead to osama but why can't we act on it like they're like, you need more, you need more. I'm like, oh, well, we can do this and that. And like, you can't do that. And like, why can't we do that? And, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're following the, the morally just rules that way. And it's quite interesting. Zero Dark Thirty is a really good movie. Oh, really good. I think one of my favorites from uh, 2012. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I really, really like that film. Harsh movie, but necessary film for yeah. sure. Um, but I'm trying to remember. I think that the 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 the, the key integration interrogation that allows them to move forward in their search for Bin Laden doesn't involve torture. So I'm trying to figure out if that was purposely done by Catherine Beagle to say torture is maybe not the solution. But because again, after that, what they discover doesn't include torture. So I'm yeah. like, okay, is she trying to tell us something here, or just presenting us? Okay, that's what really happened. I don't know. Yeah. But it's 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 ambiguous for sure. It's not not clear. Um did you see Lone Survivor? Yes. I yeah, oh yeah. That that's violent. Yeah. That violent. movie kind of reminds me of Black Hawk Down a little bit. A little bit. But I prefer it to Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. It was good. It's uh, Peter Berg if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I saw it a while back, but yeah, this was a ni- an interesting example of soldiers suffering on on the ground yeah. like, and it's another one that's plot heavy but the first half of the movie is very character they're at the base mm-hmm. and they're just chilling and then they go out and do the mission and they're they're assassins essentially they're like, you're gonna go and like kill this leader mm-hmm. and they get compromised a kid finds them and they're like we could kill the kid and we can just carry on with the mission or we can let the kid go missions a bust head back home so they don't kill the kid, which is the information from the, the lone survivor that we've been given. So we, we take that at face value because none of the other ones survived. And it's because of that consequence, the the other three die, essentially, because the kid yeah. goes and tells the, the Taliban that there's American soldiers up in yeah. the mountain. And... 
there's no place for humanity in a war zone basically yeah and that's the that's what the movie presents like would they have been better to maybe like handcuff the handcuff the kid yeah yeah but then like the movie tells you oh they would have like frozen to death essentially and there's that argument or like did they do the the right thing morally or did they do the right thing uh in terms of the mission Mm. um I think that's one of the better examples where it's it's a movie that straddles the line between cool action and there's plenty of it but it never glorifies it yeah and you you think it's going to be more of a like a go America kind Mm -hmm. of movie but I think by the end of it the, the end result is man this sucks Mm -hmm. and not everyone in afghanistan is terrible which is something that was depicted in the media essentially like afghanistan bad but like the farmers were were helping mark Wahlberg's character uh come the end of the movie and you are left wondering did they have enough information did the other three have to die and Mm -hmm. there's there's a bit more to chew on with that movie and it, it never feels cool quote-unquote like uh, american patriotism i would say yeah good 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 point there um try, you know what this pro-war i don't know if you've seen this did you, did you see the movie act of valor yeah this was pro-war that was not a good movie it was financed by um the u.s armed forces the u.s forces basically to yeah. recruit people into joining uh yeah not a great movie and you can totally feel like just it's yeah, pure it feels like a recruitment like, video yeah, yeah it is yeah yeah because the the quote-unquote stars were active active members. soldiers active navy seals officer yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was this we're gonna string together this like giant conspiracy and the, the actors who were not actors and you can tell um were going about their stuff and you can say it's interesting to see how they they would move and things like that, but that was essentially a two-hour recruitment video. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he, um, speaking of which, Top Gun. <laughs> oh yeah, Top Gun was yeah when <laughs> Tony Scott really made uh, the U.S. Air Force cool. Yeah, um, and that was very much. And a, even the second one, at, at not close, but yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. It's, I, I would especially the first one though. I would say it, it comes across a. A bit like a recruitment, but it was video. the '80s at that point. Yeah, it was, was the '80s. It was the Cold era, War, and but, but was, yeah. the Navy was like, "Oh, well, we need some pilots. Let's make it look cool." And uh, the Navy co-produced part of the the production. Yeah, uh, Pearl Harbor was the same way. Um, I think Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, it's not good. Yeah, Michael Bay again. Michael Bay again. Um, yeah. It's, the problem with Pearl Harbor is mainly the first half. Uh, the 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 trio Ben Josh and uh, Kate so, yeah. none of those characters were real no so there's this artificial love triangle that's created at the front of the, the movie and mm-hmm. we're not supposed to care about anything essentially the characters are weak the writing's flat it's at the forefront where it doesn't need to be because yeah. the, the rest needs to be and Pearl Harbor battle is on the back it's it's on the background so yeah. you're just like no it's and then like cuba gooding Gooding's char- cuba gooding jr's character is a real character and you're like well why is there a historical character here well there's other historical characters yeah. you can focus on um i would say that the the staging and the filming of was it was good it was yeah. good it was it felt a bit more respectful compared to 13 hours yeah um but that movie was just all over the place. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, agree with you on that. Um, there's another. There's a war movie coming. Well, we didn't discuss 1917 because I, I know that bring you that up really, next. you yeah. really like that film. Uh, but there's another airplane movie coming out soon. It's Devotion. Devotion. Uh, That's Korean, Korean war. war. It's got. Um, I need to learn these actors' names, but there's a guy from Top Gun, Maverick, who yeah. plays the the guy from the Top Gun tr- and uh, Jonathan Majors. Cy- not, not Cyclone, it's uh, Bag Bagman, Hangman, yeah. Hangman. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hangman, and it's uh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors, who's uh, the new uh, Marvel villain. Yeah, he's Kang. <laughs> Kang. He's going to be the antagonist in Creed Three. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. 
That one, well, we'll see when it comes out. I think it comes out this week, if I'm not mistaken. It's supposed to be good. I think the early buzz, I think it's supposed to be good. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, Trailers have been so-so, I would say. But we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Um, There's not too many Korean movies out there. No. Uh, Gran Torino, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Because, again, the... Uh, Clint Eastwood's character was a Korean soldier. I would say that's just soldier, a but... causality of the, the war, yeah. but it's not a, a war it's movie. It's not a war movie. You have MASH. Uh, yes. MASH, yeah. yeah. That was but there's movie. there's not much out there. There's there's far more Vietnam, World War II, and post-9-11 stuff out there. But mm-hmm. Korea is a theater that has not been explored too much. Eventually, it's going to be Russia versus Ukraine. They're going to maybe do some movie. For sure, there's going to be a movie done. out of it. Um, but yeah, World War One, that is an interesting movie uh, era to talk about because mm-hmm. no, yeah, two good candidates of really yeah, good films. Well, I just watched uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes. You have not yet. No, not yet. So you got to get on that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, 1917 as well. So both of those are more recent examples of World War One movies. Uh, I think that we haven't really seen too much World War One as of late uh, over the past, like, no. let's say, 20 years or so. Or so. Um, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, World War One is always depicted in a negative light. I would say. Yeah, and I think that as you discussed before, it's with good reason. Yeah. I don't think there's a single movie out there that there's not heroism in that movie, yeah. that war. Well, there's well, I mean, yeah, but in both maybe in both sides. Yeah, but I would all, uh, I would say uh, that World War One is often depicted as. Pointless. It's pointless. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's it's a butchery. I think it's a butchery, that, yeah. but it's also always depicted as grand and epic. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's like you have these like these huge scopes and like the battlefields going forever, and you got tanks, you got planes, you got all of this, and you're you're often left wondering why are we? What's the point of this war against? Okay, so when you do your research, you're like okay, so Franz Ferdinand was assassinated by the the the. The rebels essentially the and then that caused a chain reaction due to like old alliances and next thing you know like europe is just engrossed into war mm-hmm. you got like the trench warfare and you're like what's the end goal yeah what is the point of it in 1917 showed that a bit but i i, I don't know what was if you had to pick to pinpoint a big because it's one of the most successful war movies recently mm-hmm. that we've had what would be the end message of that movie because i think it's still it's still not clear in my mind i would say the end message was fatigue fatigue yeah yeah, yeah. as the the main character marches to his destination by the end of the movie he's he's crying he's in shambles he's gotten he nothing. lost his partner. He's yeah. lost his partner. He's lost his luggage. He mm-hmm. doesn't have a weapon anymore. He's got nothing. Yeah. So I would say that come the end of the movie, there's this sense of like defeat and fatigue. And then Benedict Cumberbatch's character is all like, no, we need to do this. We got them on the, the ropes and he's eventually ordered to stand down. He goes like, what's the point? Like next week, they're just going to tell us to, to charge in mourning. So I feel like 1917's movie that was about like the weariness and just here we go again. And you have these big acts mm-hmm. and they, they ultimately don't amount to anything, which kind of sums up World War One in a nutshell. It's close to an hour, but um, I'm glad we talked about 1917 because I think it's an obvious, really good war movie uh, that people need to watch that like came out recently. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what would be a nice conclusion to wrap. So, I mean, we can do a ranking, like maybe well, if you have... I think top... there's some... Well, maybe not before no, no, ranking, no, no, no. Go ahead, but I was going to yeah. say, almost everything we've talked about has been American. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Other... <laughs> and then it's, I don't know, maybe that's a product of American patriotism history. They're, they're actively involved in the these wars, but... Do you know any Canadian war movies? Passchendaele. Passchendaele, yes. Which is... Okay, it's, yeah, it's not a, an amazing movie. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen it once and it was, it was fine. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't wasn't nineteen seventeen. That's a it's a World War One movie. That was it's a Canadian production. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Gross, right? Yes. Yeah. It was um, a nice it's not, it's not French a lot of, 
German production for um, World War One was called Joyeux Noël, which is Merry Christmas. Mm. Uh, this is basically you were saying about like in in non war times, could these guys be friends together? That's that's basically that's the, the end movie. game of the yeah. movie. Really good. Um, Honestly, I can't even think of too many. La vita uh, è bella. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, no. la Dolce Vita. No, it's uh, not La Dolce Vita. It's La Vita Bella la, with Roberto Benigni. La, the Life is Beautiful. Yeah, I thought it was La Dolce Vita. La, no, La Dolce Vita is a, it's a... Oh, no, yeah, I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not the same. But, uh, yeah, that... Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful, yeah. that's one. But just, there, there's a whole other tangent, right? There we've been purely focused on the military aspect because we were talking about Remembrance Day and like the soldiers who... But the citizen aspect of it Well, not even well. we have we have Schindler's List. Schindler's List. And you know what? I never was able to mention it, but you watch um, Terry and Project Ryan with your your schoolmates. Yeah. I watch Schindler's List okay. when it, it's in, in its entirety. entirety okay. And again, this is not per se a war movie, but the effects of war on... Well, it takes place during on, the war. On, on, and on it, the Jewish population. It, so. Yeah, it has to do with... The, uh, there's German soldiers involved as well. There's German citizens. And it's set during the war, and it was a major part of the war for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't known to the Allied soldiers until 45, for yeah. the most part, I would say. But yeah, we've got Schindler's List, uh, The Pianist as well, Adrian Brody. Mm -hmm. the yeah, The Pianist, good, yeah. good pick, Roman Polanski. Um, yeah. It's so, that's both of those are example. Uh, Shorter Island, some some ways, um, not no. clear, but yeah, but there was, the, he was a soldier in he the was, uh, I would, there's, there's liberating there's, camps. Uh, yeah, it's in there, but I wouldn't call it a, no. a war movie. But. No, 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 no. Again, there's there's elements, except we've talked about the, the concentration camps, the two movies over there, and then there's um I'm trying to think of just off the top of my head it's hard yeah but yeah the point we covered the basics i would say but there's the there's a lot of good ones out there that maybe you can <laughs> remind us in the comment section please do yeah um and it seems that a lot of the movies for the most part are either telling a message of war is either bad unnecessary um there there were heroes there were flawed heroes yes it seems like the the ones who actually say like war is uh maybe not good but war was encouraged mm -hmm. those seem to be lesser than the movies that seem to skew it in a bit more negative lights mm -hmm. yeah true yeah um I'm not sure that's due to the politics involved, or maybe that's just the, the story at the end of the day. But I think about a bit of both. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, most people agree that war is terrible. I think. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I think agree. we can all agree on that. Like, we can all agree, but it's sometimes it's it's regrettably inevitable. Like we have right now, the Russian has invaded mm -hmm. Ukraine. Uh, so the Ukrainians are fighting for their their sovereign rights, uh, their democracy. We, we wouldn't expect them to just take that lying down. So, of course, they're fighting back and thus a war is created. It's, like I said, it's really terrible. I'm getting news alerts like every day like yeah, this yeah. happens, this happens. And that's just the reality of our situation. And I, I believe I mentioned when we were watching All Quiet on the Western Front, there were there were elements that made me think of that current conflict. Mm -hmm. And All Quiet on the Western Front was very much a movie that was anti-war, uh, very much so, probably more so than any of the movies I we've talked about today. I can't wait to watch it. I know it's going to be big buzz for uh, award season. Yeah, um, it's it's German's... For foreign language It's uh, German's... The, uh, Germany is putting it forward for uh, foreign language. I know that. Good chances to win. Like we'll see what the others are, but it's... in terms of uh, mass appeal recognition, I can't think of anything else. I know there've been a few more like film circuity mm -hmm. movies, but in terms of like a mass appeal kind of thing, uh, that's that's the big movie of the year yeah. for foreign language. And so that's a movie you walk out of it going, shit, war shit. sucks. Sucks. <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> yeah no so basically we can agree terrible situation but gives way to good storytelling for movies and yeah TV. Um, so um, good storytelling i think that's complex storytelling complex you're, you're often left wondering um 
who were these characters, whether it's a fictionalized character or a historical character? Were, were they heroes? Uh, are they an, uh, not anti-heroes, but were they corrupted? Were, were they necessary? Uh, did the war change them as people? Did the people change the war on the, on the other end? Um, yeah, there's just there's a lot of layers to it. And like I, said, I mentioned Fury briefly before and after talking about Saving Private Ryan and that felt like a movie that was a bit more on the glorified side of things, whereas Saving Private Ryan, despite having these grand action sequences, I don't think it ever felt glorious. Mm, it's and true, it's, true. Yeah. There, there's just so many ways to look at war movies and it's an interesting genre. It's, it's a controversial genre because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are out there even like well, we have the poppies in Canada, and yeah. there's a lot of people who see the poppies as symbols of war. But they're not. But it's they're not. not yeah. I, I wear my poppy every year. And it, it'll be interesting. I, I hope there's a conversation that comes out of the show. If Just chime in your opinions at the same time. We, we didn't do the whole like, like and subscribe thing on the last two episodes. but <laughs> I can do it this time if you want. But yeah. uh, please like and subscribe <laughs> to um, first Screen Hub Entertainment, which is our flagship uh, new site for movie reviews and TV, um, TV news and reviews, basically. And um, for uh, Film and Spirits podcast associated to it, we're available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many more. Um, we have an Instagram account that you can check out as well with our latest episodes and uh, discuss there. And um, am I forgetting something? I think that's pretty much it. It's, yeah. um, I didn't. De- it wasn't as fluid as when you do it, mm-hmm. but still good. Uh, well, we were just so <laughs> engrossed in this conversation and the fact that we're speaking together actually in person. It's it's a little different than how we've been doing it for the last year virtually yeah we don't it's not like we live next door to each other no so. it's not no not anymore but uh well it's ne- was never really the case no, but now really. it's even more intense. exactly but uh we'll do this uh we'll try to do more yeah, i'll get you over uh, my place pers- next time in person more uh, throughout the year so yeah that was a great discussion necessary for sure thank you sean thank you um next time around guys we'll maybe have some guests on uh yeah. looking forward to that and we'll be discussing a little more about um the best movies of the year for 2022. Yeah, I, think, I think our schedule, we're probably going to talk Andor on the next Andor, episode. Andor, the next episode for, uh, yeah, the review of season yeah. one and maybe what we're looking forward to for uh, 2023. Yeah, so we'll do, um, looking forward to 2023 will be on our horizon. Best of 2022 will be on the horizon. So those are two shows along with the breakdown of Andor. With, mm-hmm. So you got, you got at least three major topics on the horizon. Yeah. For sure. So uh, on that note, thank you, man. Thank you for thank coming you. along for to my place. Me. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a pleasure. Great. Uh, like I said, your your home very Don Draper. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Eventually, it's looking like that right now, but yeah. uh, a little more work to be done. But yes, it's a, a vintage 1916-ish yeah. kind of vibe here. I totally a lot, get a lot that. of James Bond. <laughs> oh yes, yes, that you can be sure of. And um, yeah, we'll do this next time uh, in front of a scotch. For sure. In front of the scotch, in it's... front of a whiskey, we'll, we'll find something. But it's always good to do this in person. Damn right, yeah. brother. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate it. We really, really do. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye now.